Good morning, everyone. Welcome. My name is Eden, and I'm joining you from my kitchen table. And Sarah is on tech and is joining us from Seattle and the business office in a hotel. Um, together, Sarah and I co-lead this beautiful community called The Bridge. So we understand that we are not the first here on this beautiful land. And we feel a responsibility to acknowledge that those who came before us still live among us. So we gratefully proclaim that we live, work, and play on the traditional lands of the Kwatlin, Stolo, and Semiami people. And we will do our best to honor them by being good stewards of this land with them. Early into COVID, we started to interview folks during our Zoom gatherings because it was nice to get to know people a bit. And it was lots of fun. So it was brought up recently that with our live and our Zoom gatherings, having quite different groups of people, um, that it, it might be nice to go back and do interviews again. Um, so that we kind of have a way of getting to know each other, even if we're from far off. So this morning, we're going to begin with our first interview, stage two. Um, so I've asked Judy to be our first interviewee, and she graciously consented because her daughter had already given her the word of the Lord <laughs> just before that. But um, to be clear, these will not be elaborate and extensive interviews. It's more just a way of piquing uh, your interest in who someone else is in this group. It's more, um, uh, we're just kind of hoping to prime the pump to make connections between people. So I, I hope that you can enjoy this. So let's get started. I, this is a funny sentence or a question, but um, Judy, what's your name? My and name where... is Judy Bergman. <laughs> two N's at the end. <laughs> and where do you live? I live in Burlington, Ontario. Okay, so for those of us not so familiar with the map of Canada, can you give us some context to approximately where that is? Yeah, it's about 35 minutes. I, I don't know the mileage or anything, but I know it's about 35 minutes um, west of Toronto. Okay. Um, that's kind of almost the middle of Canada. I mean, it's it's slightly to the east, but um, it is a pretty populated area, that's for sure. Um, who and what lives in your home with you? <laughs> well, it's just me and my daughter. She moved back here from out west about five years ago, and uh, she would like to have a what in terms of pets, but uh, <laughs> that has not happened at this point. <laughs> I have dust bunnies. Yeah. Um, so um, how long have you been joining in our gatherings here at the bridge? And how did you come upon us? Um, so you want just the one line answer or the longer one? <laughs> you, you, you can go a little longer. We don't okay. have that many questions. Okay. So um, I first met, I met Eden. Actually, I looked it up one of my photos that says February the 24th, 2019. So there you go. And, uh, <laughs> and then, so I heard about uh, the gathering through her over time. And then I think by probably my, one of my first times um, coming here was um, in March of this year. I've had this very allergic reaction to anything to do with church. So it's, it's taken me a long time uh, to even show my face. <laughs> And to uh, say, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with connecting here. Lovely. Um, what brings you the most joy these days? Well, the, the really short answer is that I know that I'm loved by Father, Son, and Spirit. That's that's really the short answer to that. Um, but there's there's a lot more to it. Uh, I distinguish between happiness and joy. <laughs> and the joy is something that comes uh, from that relationship with Father, Son, and Spirit. But it, it also makes me really happy. The other day I went for a walk in my neighborhood and 
<laughs> I found there was a little bush, raspberry bush, that actually had red raspberries growing on it. This is close to the end of November. That was really lots of fun. I take my camera with me when I go. Or seeing there right next to it was the dandelion, a white one, a, the fluff, and as well as a one in full bloom. So things like that, or the sun streaming in my, my kitchen window uh, at various times of the year, just like now it's really low around noontime and it, it comes in and that's that's really a beautiful thing too. So, yeah. You know, I had seen that you posted those pictures, but I assumed that they were from the summer. I didn't realize that they were present day. That's yeah, amazing. I probably should put more context in when I post those pictures on Instagram because uh, I don't, I say more on my Facebook page, but I don't know. But mm -hmm. yeah, I should, they were just the other couple of, a few days ago um, that I was walking around. Um, What would you like to be known for? You know, that was a really hard question. I don't think I've ever thought about it before. And I, I talked to Allison, my daughter, and I, I said, what, do, you know, how, how do you think about that, right? And I think at the end of the day, um, I, I journaled about it, too, because it was such a significant question for me. At the end of the day, I I want to say that through it all, through everything in life, that um, that I trusted Jesus. Mm. Lovely. Um, do you have a prayer request that we can be praying for you for? Sure. But I want to go back to, are you still going to ask that other question? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, my prayer request would be, I'm waiting for a hip replacement surgery and um, just waiting for somebody to go on a cruise and cancel their, their surgery, or hopefully nobody has to die for that to happen. But um, I would just like a faster date than a few months from now. So, and, and just perseverance to persevere. Right now, I'm not in any pain, which is a good thing, but uh, sometimes it's not that case, the case. So, um, yeah, just so that I could get back out and walk, because I love going for walks in, in the forests around here, and, and I can't do that right now. So, um, yeah, so just pray for a fast surgery date. <laughs> We're on it. Thanks for sharing that with us. Here's just one quick bonus question. Um, Judy is very into ancestry. So how many ways did you find that you and I are related, Judy? <laughs> Four, Four ways. ways. Both of our parents, our mothers and fathers, both of them. <laughs> that, that makes us sisters. Yeah, well, Ethan is my sixth cousin. <laughs> and, and, then, and honestly, like, majority of my cousins live in the lower mainland. So my, I, I was thinking my... Seven out of my out of nine of my mom's siblings moved to Abbotsford, Langley, and all that years ago. To the I call it the promised land. That's what they thought. Promise of no mosquitoes flying in your windows and stuff like that. So I have tons of relatives out there. And if you have a Mennonite heritage, you're probably related to me somewhere down the line. So there you go. Yeah. You got a new cousin today. Yeah. Um, all right. Thank you, Judy. And um, it was nice getting to know you a little bit more. We're going to move over to Herta, who is going to lead us into Visio, uh, Visio Divina, I should say. Okay, am I on? I guess so. Um, I'm Herta, and um, I'm joining from Nicola Lake, uh, which is about a two and a half hour drive. Uh, north, um, east of um, Abbotsford, through the mountains and into more of uh, desert country of the interior of BC. And um, the bridge has a very special part. Peace of my heart. Uh, Ken and I attended there for many years before we retired up at, at Nicola Lake. And, um, and I'm so glad that COVID happened so that um, the bridge went over to Zoom and I can Zoom in on services now. So that's pretty special. And um, so I'm delighted to um, share with you. And I don't know, I guess I'm not seeing, I'm just seeing myself, but um, I'm going to be leading you in a Visio Divina. And um, I like to paint. And so this is one of the paintings that I've done in the past. And uh, because it's autumn, it's been a beautiful autumn. I thought oh, this maybe this uh, picture would be really fitting for today. 
So for those of you that aren't familiar with Visio Divina, I'm going to give a little bit of an intro and then we'll just move into it. So Visio Divina is a form of divine seeing in which we prayerfully invite God to speak to our hearts as we look at an image. As you gaze at an image, you'll be offered some questions for silent reflection. Some of them might speak to you and others might not, and you're free to ignore what doesn't resonate with you. At the end of the Visio Divina, um, I'll invite you to share a word or a phrase on the chat to express your experience of the image. And again, that you're totally free to share or not share. So first of all, as you're gazing at this image, um, just take a note of your breath and your body as well. It's a way of becoming present. So as you're present to this image, I'm just inviting you to let it speak to your heart. No agenda, nothing, just be present. It might speak to you in words or not. Sometimes I find that when I'm doing a Visio Divina, even if you squint, uh, the image takes on, you see things maybe that you wouldn't see otherwise. So um, squinting sometimes uh, is okay. How do you feel looking at the image? If you had to describe the image in a sentence or two, silently to yourself, what would you say? If you were in this image, where would you place yourself? Do you get a glimpse of the sacred somewhere in this image? Do you sense God speaking to you? Does a name for God arise for you? from this, from this painting. In silence, just take a minute to sit with what you've received. Sometimes it's nice just to sweep your eye for another second glance or a last glance at it and see if there's anything else that um, might be speaking to you. Even maybe something that bothers you or is, um, there's discord there. Take a uh, kind of make a note of that as well. And maybe there is a word or a phrase that would express um, your experience from, from this image. And I'm just gonna invite you to share that on the chat.
Greg says protected. A way through. I sense Jesus gently inviting me. Mystery. God is light. I'll just share the one thing that really um, st stayed with me um, was the question about where would I place myself um, in this in this image, and um, you know there was a time I would have put myself behind a tree trunk. Um, so I saw myself there uh, because I was afraid of the light. I think there was would was a time too when I would have been up like in Zacchaeus, I would have been up in the tree, kind of as an observer, but not really feeling a part, part of anything. And um, now I'm glad to see, I can see myself just planted right there in the light and, um, and just moving into the light, like just walking right down the middle there. And that brings me a lot of joy. So I hope this has been meaningful to you. And um, I'll just leave it at that. So thanks for participating. I think I'm ready to go here. I appreciated that picture, Herta, and I'm not sure if um, it's my imagination, but I see Jesus reaching out in the middle of that uh, walkway. Um, I often see formations in the un in the sky, you might say. Um, as we as we lead into communion today, often we come in hurried and um, unprepared, but other times uh, there's a, an opportunity for a pause. And as Herta was uh, beginning with her um, share, she asked us to stop and take a moment and connect with our breath. I felt that that was what we were to do this morning. So let's just take a moment and uh, connect with your breath. Uh, breathing in and breathing out. Getting connected with the one who actually gives us our breath that we're very reliant on. And uh, if it should falter, um, we would be not in a good state. Let's just take a moment and breathe together. And as we breathe in, consider these words, I come as I am. And just on your in-breath to yourself, I come and as you breathe out, as I am. I come as I am. And I'm reading a, um, a prayer from uh, Kathy Hardy's book, um, a poem of prayers and poems. And on page 20, 28, there's a, a prayer. And I felt to um, divide the prayer in half and take communion in between um, the two halves. 
an interesting way of responding to this prayer. It reads, O divine love, we open our hearts to you. We open our hearts to you. You see the vastness of our souls. You see the vastness of our souls and the areas we need to let go of so we can abide in you. Restore our wounded hearts. Guide us into deeper truth. Restore our wounded hearts. Guide us into deeper truth. Liberate us into a life of joy. Liberate us into a life of joy, reflecting your beauty, mercy, and kindness. Reflecting your beauty, mercy, and kindness. The time of communion took place during a, a meal called the Passover. It was a time of celebration. It was a time of reflection. It was a time of... Um, being together as <clears throat> brothers and sisters. It was a time of um, having fellowship together. And then this time of fellowship together, Jesus did something very, um, I think it was very unique, but also very uh, challenging to those who heard. Jesus said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. I wonder what they heard as they heard Jesus speaking to them. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it fulfills, it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Imagine you sitting at that at that table and having Jesus talk about suffering and talking about fulfillment in the kingdom of God. What were the questions? What were the emotions that uh, each one of them heard at that time? And reading between the lines, it may not happen as quickly as uh, we find scriptures put together verse after verse. But we, we read on that he took bread and he broke it and he gave thanks, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so as you take your, your bread or your cracker or what you have with you to, to participate in, take it and eat it. And as you do, remember what he has done for you, what he means to you. What have you experienced from being connected with Jesus?
After he took this bread, he took the cup. And he said, this cup is the, is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Take it, drink it. I will not drink again of it until the kingdom of God comes. There may have been a picture, there may have been some emotions present as you took those moments to remember. Hang on to those. Spend time with those. And allow Jesus to come and be with you. Let me read the last part of this poem. And think about, it, think about it as it reflects back to our taking of the bread and the wine. We, may we let go of anxiety and say yes to resting in love. May we let go of our desire to control our lives and say yes to surrendering to the path. May we let go of fear and say yes to trusting even in obscurity. May we let go of striving and say yes to moving in the flow of grace. May we let go of heaviness and say yes to love's never-ending in abundance. May we let go of shame and say yes to our true value and dignity for ourselves, for others, and for all of creation. May we let go of our blindness to love's presence and say yes to looking for love in the ordinary and naming those places holy ground. As we remember Jesus, may we put our trust in him once more. Amen. Lando is going to uh, share what has been on his heart this week, and so let us offer a prayer. For him. <clears throat> Jesus, thank you for this brother of ours who uh, seeks to walk in your ways and to uh, live out what you have placed in him. And so we offer uh, our prayer of uh, guidance and wisdom as he shares that the things that are in your heart would come through his heart and to us today. Amen. Thanks, Greg. Thank you, everyone, for participating uh, in our gathering so far today. It's good to be together. Uh, my name is Lando Clausen, and uh, a couple things about me. I uh, grew up in this area. My parents had a small farm not too far from here, and they were they had a trucking company, and I actually live about, my wife and I live about three miles away, so we haven't gone too far. We we just moved here uh, and we lived closer to town before that. I ran a bookstore for uh, 48 years, books and uh, music and that kind of thing. And we had a coffee house. That was my favorite part. I love live music. I uh, So often we would have uh, music there. And some of you on the screen have played there before. And uh, it, it was a great joy. I retired in 2021. And thankfully, the store still carries on. 
I enjoy history and the story behind the story and the little details. And you will you will notice that as uh, I fly along here. I love to bang on the guitar and write songs from time to time. And sometimes a song needs revision and uh, another verse. And uh, I write love songs, uh, praise songs. Uh, a verse came for an old love song just the other day. This is this is what it was. The first time I saw you walking down the street, I took a second look, hoping that you would come on back and maybe you would buy a book. Mm -hmm. Then one day you walked in through the door and I knew what I had found. I knew that I had found what I was looking for. Okay, a little bit about me. Now, the theological introduction. How does this old book, inspired by God and written and assembled by various people over many centuries, how does it apply today? There were no cars, no computers, no skyscrapers. It was a rural society and it was primitive compared to us today. Yet we read this book and we study it in our modern times. Which are the parts of the Bible that we kind of set aside because they don't seem to make sense of us? Which parts do we say these are unchangeable and you can say you state your life on it? These are the essentials. Lots of debate. If you're on social media and you see people debating Christian things from time to time, it's quite crazy. Uh, so this little talk, maybe you could call it when everything goes wrong or Trouble in Paradise. I invite you to write your thoughts on the chat. Uh, we will have a short discussion at the end. Today, I'm going to look briefly at three passages, and they're going to come on the screen. I'll just read parts of them. First Kings 11, 26 to 39. It's a wild story about Jeroboam. Jeroboam, uh, what he, he received his, uh, uh, he, he, got, he got a promotion. Uh, from the king. It says that uh, he was a man of standing and uh, he was put in charge of the tribes of the, the labor force. And then uh, one day he was walking out the country, he met Ahijah. Let's call him AJ. Uh, he took hold of a new cloak that he was wearing and tore it into 12 pieces. 10 pieces for yourself and uh, he could rule them. Verse 33 says, I will do this because they have forsaken me. And next screen, we uh, he goes on to say in 37, however, as for you, I will take you and you will rule over all the heart that your heart desires and you'll be king over Israel. If you do whatever I command you and walk in obedience to me and do what is right in my eyes by obeying my decrees, I will build you a dynasty. All right. Go to Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with the surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. And the end of the verse chapter says the lord almighty is with us the god of jacob is our fortress and over to matthew 19 it's a unique little passage that uh you know what i don't know that that is the one verse that anyway it's a little different on the screen i may have given you the wrong part but it uh the one that i was going to uh read it has to do with uh uh has to do with the 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 renewal of all things and jesus says to the to his people uh you have followed me and you will sit on the 12 thrones and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife will receive a hundredfold and you will inherit eternal life many will be first Many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. So Jeroboam was noticed by the king. Uh, he saw how good he was. He got a promotion, and he got a new coat. I, I think that's what happened because he uh, was walking out of town and wearing this new coat. He gets a major responsibility 
increase from Solomon. And then the prophet comes by and talks to him. And uh, he rips his new coat into 12 pieces. Have you thought about that? How do you rip a coat? Uh, you know, you can have your shears. Or you could just grab it. Uh, I think he probably had this massive uh, pruning shears. And, and I don't know. And maybe it's more figuratively than literal. Uh, but he says, <clears throat> you will rule over all, all that your heart desires if you walk in obedience. I find it interesting then that that he uh, he decided to take that into uh, to make it happen, and he planned some conspiracies to take over the kingdom. Uh, they were discovered, and uh, he was on his way to Egypt. He fled, uh, and he was under the protection of Pharaoh Shishak until the death of Solomon. There were other people that fled to Egypt: uh, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. There was another guy that fled to Egypt who had a new coat. Of course, his coat was taken away before he went to Egypt, uh, also named Joseph. People are fleeing to Egypt right now. It's very interesting, I find, that these connections. Then he returned to uh, uh, to Israel, and uh, he sent a delegation was formed to go talk to Rehoboam to reduce the taxes. Maybe you've gone to City Hall and tried to uh, make some influence. Uh, years ago, my... Uh, Wife who was much younger and uh, she's pretty feisty at times. Uh, she organized a few folks, neighbors to go to City Hall and uh, there was a big uh, apartment kind of come up behind our house and, and she wasn't in favor of that. So uh, they had some success. The apartment only went four stories instead of six. So, and the trees that we had in the back of our property kind of blocked them from seeing us. Uh, it was uh, some privacy was still there. So sometimes it works. But in this case, it was about taxes. And delegations that go in to try to reduce taxes usually don't work. Uh, the idea was rejected. And 12 tribes withdrew from Rehoboam and proclaimed Jeroboam as king. What a change of events. Lots going on in the story. Trouble in paradise. Even though the promises were given to Jeroboam, if he would follow God, he, he never did. He set up two golden calves, one in the north, one in the south, and he set up a new festival as well. Revolts, border issues, leadership issues, leadership not caring for the people, taxing them for their own benefits. This still goes on in that area of the world and, of course, in many countries. Later, a verse says that Jeroboam and Rehoboam were continually at war. Okay, so let's hang on to that a little bit. We're going to go to Psalm 46. The Psalms are a collection of poems, hymns, and prayers that express the feelings of the Jews in various parts of their history. Some are celebrative and others are Psalms of lament, sorrowful emotions. Psalm 119 comes to mind. I am laid low in the dust. My soul is weary with sorrow. 72 of the Psalms were written by David. Asaph wrote a bunch of them and 10 were penned by the Korah brothers. Do you know about the Korah brothers? I think if memory serves me correct, they formed an alternative rock band called the Sons of Korah. And most of their songs were accompanied by the 15 string lute and the 10 string lyre, punctuated with blasts of the shofar uh, and the pounding of cymbals from time to time. This was well before Spotify and no recordings were made. I'm imagining after that, a six-string guitar came along because most players got tired of tuning 15 strings. I had many frustrating experiences myself tuning my 12-string in the 70s. Uh, that was well before the digital tuner, which helps with your visual tuning. Uh, the more strings you had, you know, you could get along. If you broke one or two, you could still keep the show going now. Uh, there were never too many people in our audience, so it was okay, but... Uh, I used to play in this folk group, and I remember one night we I broke three strings. After the third string broke, I'd say, we need to take a little, a little intermission here. Things are not going as smoothly as, as they should. Uh, of course, in my enthusiasm, I simply played too hard. That's why I broke strings. I still play pretty hard. Okay, that was a bit of a diversion, but we'll go back on track here. The Sons of Korah, their names were Asher, Elkanah, and Abisaph. Now, Korah was not a very good man. He led a revolt against Moses, his cousin. He and all his conspirators were killed when the earth opened up. His earthquake swallowed them. 
And later on, 14,000 people died. But Korah's sons did not die. Uh, they wrote 10 psalms that are still being read and sung today. There's an Old Testament passage that says the sins of the father will go down to the third and fourth generation. However, there seems to be some exceptions. Thankfully, in this case, there's exceptions because we have received 11 psalms uh, between 42 and 88. Various psalms were written by the sons of Korah. The great church reformer and theologian Martin Luther, also a hymn writer, used this psalm as the basis for his most famous psalm, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing, our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. Uh, Johnny Markin, who I've gotten to know over the years, he was the former music pastor at a large church in town. Northview wrote his song, God is our refuge and strength, directly from Psalm 46. It's got the fantastic lead guitar and lots of rhythm, lots of drums, no shofar. But uh, he told me that it was March of 2003, the United States and their allies had attacked Iraq with their shock and awe. And uh, he was thinking about all that when he came across Psalm 46 and wrote that song. Let's think about some natural disasters, maybe that you've experienced, or you know a family member experiencing. You, you might want to put something in the chat, just something that you've gone through. The year was 1947. My dad, Neil, was 17 at the time. His dad, John Clausen, and mom and eight kids moved from Tofield, Alberta, to Matsqui Prairie, Harris Road, which is not too far from here. I can almost see it from here. Anyways, he, uh, oh, yes, that's, that's the, just hang on a second, here's a second. That is the, uh, uh, the, the village. And that church would have been there when my grandfather showed up. And my, my grandfather lived a mile and a half from that church. Okay. And he, uh, uh, came in, 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 uh, 47. My dad came on the, uh, on a boxcar with a horse and cow and a Model A Ford. I can't quite believe that he volunteered to do that. He's only 17. It would have taken 20 or 30 hours. Anyways, my grandfather started uh, farming in the fertile soil that spring of 48, planting corn and vegetable garden and so on. I'm not exactly sure. Then on May 31st, at 7.30 in the morning, the Fraser River Dyke broke, uh, a section that was about a mile away. Now they had a little time. They had a little time as the creeks and the uh, slough filled up first, but not too much. Okay, let's go back to uh, Matsky Lutheran Church there. Okay, Matsky Lutheran Church. There's a, another picture of uh, a store or two next to it. Uh, there, okay, keep that in mind. We'll just keep going through a little bit. That's the old community hall where the bridge uh, started. Uh, that's also just a block away from that church. And, uh, there is the gauge, 1948, 1972, 1894. This is under the Mission Bridge. So the water came up very high. And uh, next we will see. You see that Matsky Lutheran Church. I'm pointing at it. Uh, and the store. And that's, yeah, there we go. Thank you. There's my helper. She's got the uh, laser beam. Uh, okay. A lot of cows and people moved to the Abbotsford Airport. This is another house in Matsqui, I believe. Uh, there's a there's an aerial view um, with the drone that went up in 1940. No, they didn't have drones, but somehow they took a picture. You'll see the, the Lutheran Church right in the middle there. And uh, uh, if you go down, yeah, there's that's, that's the main street. And my grandfather's farm was to the right. Okay. Another uh, thing that I think about, though, is my grandfather... He probably knew this psalm. He probably had read it. I, I, I think about that because my dad always read the psalms at supper time. Did he quote Psalm 46 when he was in this time? I don't know. Uh, in recent times, we had the Sumas flood in 2021. Very similar situation with farms and homes being flooded. And uh, uh, this is a shot of the Sum part of the Sumas prairie and that sign is over the four-lane freeway. It says something about traffic speed reduced ahead. Yes, absolutely. Came to a, a complete standstill. Uh, 
you may have you may know people. Some of you may have been directly affected. Uh, I have a cousin that has a chicken farm out there, and he lost uh, forty thousand chickens. Uh, it was and they had to leave their home and so on. Psalm forty six one two and three. How do we take this? God is our fortress and our strength, our present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, the mountains fall into the sea. How are you taking that when you're in the middle of it all? That's my question. The refuge, the fortress. Uh, have you ever been to those... Uh, forts on the west coast there in washington and oregon they are massive they are the walls are thick and they, they put these these cannons facing outward to the ocean uh well fortified when we say god is our refuge and our strength does the and we pray that and we we proclaim it does it does the trouble go away usually not Sometimes. Maybe it's just a realization that God is with us no matter what happens. I don't know. How, how do you internalize this? Do you repeat the verses over and over? How does it sink in? I think it's hard to believe that in the middle of the crisis that you, you, that you might be thinking about it, whether it's a forest fire that rips through the village, a powerful earthquake like the one in Alaska. 1964, 131 people were killed. Uh, 9.2 magnitude lasted four and a half minutes still remains the most powerful earthquake in North America. Right now in Iceland, they're facing a volcanic, volcanic eruption. Grindavik village, 3,400 residents have been uh, evacuated. A nine-mile sheet of molten rock tunneling toward the surface of a peninsula in southwestern Iceland is, has set off hundreds of earthquakes, raised concerns. Remember the sons of Korah, they most likely witnessed this earthquake. And so when they were writing uh, their psalm, it, it, it was very real. No matter what happens, trouble, earthquakes, tsunamis, nations in uproar, kingdoms falling. Remember Rehoboam and Solomon, uh, Solomon's son losing the kingdom to Jeroboam. Still, the Lord Almighty is with us. God of Jacob is our fortress. How do we internalize this truth? You might have a way that works for you. Please put it in the chat. Bring it up at the end. Sometimes it's other folks trying to encourage us and reminding us. Now, there are... Uh, the, the, the section in Matthew... It talks about losing family to follow Christ and, and the the uh the the uh, uh, the pain, the hardship. It's gotta be the, the family estrangement. And then Jesus says, Whoever has left that, whoever has lost that will receive a hundredfold. Not a hundredfold, you're not probably going to get another hundred children and all of that. Exactly. It's, it, I think it means a lot. Many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. It reminds me that there's a turnaround and maybe that's what's meant by God is our fortress and our strength. Circumstances are going to change for us. Things, things are going to turn out when at the renewal of all things, this may not be in our lifetime at the ruling of all things. I don't think it is. I don't know exactly what Jesus meant here in these promises, but he he was he was wanting to give his people uh, abundance and, and encouragement. Okay, so I have to wrap this up here. If if you're in trouble, if you're everything's going wrong, maybe there are natural disasters, broken family relationships, terminal illness or death in the family, money shortage, loss of employment, misunderstandings at work, discontent in your soul, discouragement, depression, or maybe most things are going okay. I sure like that. Uh, but somehow I just want to encourage you that God is with us. I'm sure that my grandfather, my cousin, 
Other people have gone through hardships. Didn't always feel it in the moment. God is our help in times of trouble. God is our refuge and our strength. I remember hanging out with a friend one night who was in extreme crisis in his life. And we were discussing and talking about it. And there were no answers, no solutions. Didn't know what to do or how to pray. I tried to pray, but mostly I just said, Lord, help us. We don't know what to do. Sometimes it's simply the prayer, Lord, have mercy. Help. Help. Our God, our great creator, loves us with an overwhelming love. Has promised to be with us in times of trouble. One cautionary note. When you are trying to help someone in trouble and encourage them, uh, just kind of be there. Take it easy. Don't overwhelm them with scripture and promises and all that. We've had enough of that from so many people, and it's, it's very challenging to think that through. Be patient. Hold your friend in trouble. Just be with them. Psalm uh, 46, verse 7 and 11 are the very same. They're reminding us. Sometimes we just need reminders that God is with us. Second Peter uh, 12 says, I will also remind you of these things. And so I think it, and, and he says, I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I live. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. Maybe it's repeating some of these things over and over. It's reminding each other that God is with us no matter what's going on in our challenge of life. Maybe we read the psalm every day for a month. We uh, try to let it sink in. No matter what, I, whether I feel it or not, I am going to try to proclaim this, and I hope that you will too. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'm going to just close um, with, uh, I, I noticed that um, Lando was taking some liberties with scripture this morning. And so what? in, what? <laughs> in um, just, just following him, I've taken a, a little small liberation myself with um with Psalm 46, and I'm just going to use this, and we can even use it as a breath prayer through the week. Um, but uh, I think it's it works. So be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. Be. Be still and know that God is. Amen.